that it? That's it, dude. We're going. We're going right now. We're on the podcast. Yeah. The official first podcast. Yeah, this is the, the first first ever one. This is a this is a long time coming. I know. So so what are we doing, Brandon? We're, oh, who who are you? My name's Brandon. Yeah, I'm Patrick. Um, what's going on? <laughs> is that listen, dude? We just go we just go right into it. Yeah, we, we just dive okay, into the yeah, intro. Yeah, you know. So we don't have a name yet. We don't have a name yet, but I think that. Uh, the general direction of where we're going in this podcast is to be an all-around outdoors podcast. So for the viewers or listeners that are either watching or uh, listening, this is going to be geared towards the outdoors. Yeah. Whether that be camping, hunting, fishing, overall outdoor experiences, that's the direction this podcast is going to go. Yeah. You know, that I think that's where this podcast should go. This is what we've been talking about. And, yeah, because we're both outdoors people, and we want to we want to share as much knowledge and get real, just really get down to the roots of what it is to be outdoors. Absolutely, tons of friends you know that are into it as well. Yeah, we'll get you them know, on here. Get them on here. We'll talk about it, whether that be public land access, hunting in general. Mm-hmm. You know, the the experiences we've had, and yep. just share those experiences with everybody that's uh, tuning in. Yeah, you know, say. Uh, we should probably start this off with a trip that me and you experienced uh, the beginning of October. Yeah, that was like two, three weeks ago? What was yeah. that? Three weeks ago? Yeah, I think the hunt actually started October 20th, so it wasn't the beginning. It was a culmination of a lot of time preparing for the trip, Yep. you know, and, and expectations of what was going to happen, you mm-hmm. know. You know, uh, it was an exciting time, and then when the day came... Me, you, John, and uh, my buddy that we were going to meet up there embarked on a crazy adventure into Utah's wilderness. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was a crazy adventure to say the least, man. How long were we out there? We were, we were out there from, I think we got there on the 18th. So we left my house at 3 a.m., picked you up on the 18th, with, which was a Thursday. Yeah, it was Thursday. It was Thursday. Drove all day, got there, got outside of Heber, Utah, uh, like 3 o'clock, stopped at Sportsman's, met up with Matt. Yeah, 3 p.m. Yeah, Yeah. 3 p.m., met up with Matt, my buddy that was, uh, he's a resident out there. Picked up some last-minute supplies and got on it. So Thursday night, we set up camp. Well, (laughs) start that over. The campsite we had found (laughs) on Google Earth and uh, Onyx Maps uh, didn't work out. You know, we were right next to those sheer cliffs, something that we thought we were going to be able to climb. And by the look of it, it was, you know, a 2,000-foot vertical cliff. It wasn't going to happen, you know. There was just no way we could get around. So then we uh, decided to drive around and try to find a better spot. Yep. Which took us a few miles east of that area and up into the canyon. And sure enough, damn near got stuck in the snow. Yeah, that was yeah. crazy. You know, me and Matt, man, <laughs> yeah. towing a trailer, you know, that, that truck just sank. So, you know, that being said, we ended up coming back down and we found that that campsite. And, and I'll tell you what, I was not expecting snow. So when I saw snow for the first time, not first time in my life, but when I saw the snow, like, oh, we're going to be actually living in here for the next week. My heart kind of sank, kind of gave me a little discouragement. Yep. I'm not going to lie, you know. <laughs> Let's fill these guys in real quick. I should have mentioned it first. Me and our and our good buddy John, we actually drew these tags uh, in the general season draw for Utah, 
And uh, there was only two of us going up with tags. Yep. We had general season buck tags and two cow tags. So when we got there, we were expecting to hunt that 8,500-foot range, that, that alpine sagebrush range, you know, mixed in with some quakies. That's what we were expecting to hunt. And uh, we got there, and there was snow everywhere. It was just, it was wicked. And, I, I mean, when we got to camp and we realized what what was there, to me, like I said, you know, I, I was getting discouraged because I wasn't equipped to hunt in the snow. The only time I've ever hunted out of the snow, like in the snow, was in a tree sand back east. Mm-hmm. I've never actually been on foot in the snow. I wasn't sure if my gear was going to hold up. I wasn't sure if my boots were going to stay dry. So a lot of things started racing through my mind. Well, we set up camp and everything mellowed out. Went to sleep that night. And uh, the next day got up out of tents, you yeah. know, in the snow. Yeah. And another thing to add, like, we're California boys. We're, yeah. we're based out of California. And uh, this Utah trip was one of those things where we had gotten one of the, well, you had gotten an opportunity to scout it and it just kind of fell through. Yeah. So we had ended up doing just a bunch of internet scouting yeah. while you and John ended yeah. up doing a bunch of internet scouting, Google yeah. Maps, uh, Onyx Maps. Yeah. And then uh, Matt is actually a, a local out there. So luckily he was able to scout it like two or three days yeah. before or something like that. Yeah. It was, it was a couple of days that he was able to get out and actually put eyes on it because he had never hunted that unit either. Yeah. You know, and uh, when we all got together, he he was even like, yeah, it's going to be a tough hunt. You know, they're they're just, the the elevation gains in those mountains were ridiculous. It wasn't like the standard, to me, hunting Southern California, like we got rugged areas, Mm -hmm. but we don't deal with three feet of snow. Yeah. Like we don't, and we don't deal with 10,000 foot elevations either. No, we don't. You know, we're we're talking, I think, Laguna Mountains, maybe 7,000 feet, if that. Yeah, and it's completely dry all the time. And it's dry all the time. You get snow for three weeks a year, you know. It's like, and good luck getting it during hunting season. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's just one of those things that I wasn't discouraged because of my physical abilities. I've been training since January of this year to do this. I've lost 30 pounds, you know. I mean, I was packing and running. You know, I'm putting in 25 miles a week up to this this hunt because I wanted to be physically fit because i knew we were gonna go hunting out of state and i knew that my i didn't want my physical limitations to be the reason why i wasn't successful yeah you know i didn't want to go oh that face is too tall Mm -hmm. like or it's too steep like i can't breathe up here yeah you know that i didn't want that to be the reason why i wasn't successful so that's why i trained so hard that's why You know, I put in so many miles. That's why I lost so much weight, you know, and and got back into shape like I was 22 again, you know. But when we saw those mountains, it really put into perspective on how small you really are. (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy. Like, there's no doubt about it. Yeah, and uh, one of the things that I had failed to do was – Prepare physically. Like, yeah, well. <laughs> it was a, it was a stupid mistake. It was a foolish mistake. And, uh, I'm, I'm used to camping. I'm, I'm big on being outdoors and stuff like that. And, uh, part of this, uh, part of, part of this hunt was, you know, that scared me was the fact that I wasn't conditioned for it. I was, I had all the gear. I was, I was mentally prepared. I was like, oh dude, I'm going to be camping with my boys. And the only thing that's different is we're going to be, you know, walking around with guns instead of, right. Instead of just walking around, you know, but it was, uh, it was kind of a shock to me when we got into that first valley and we're like, I was like, oh my God, it wasn't the snow. 
because I knew my gear was going to be fine right. in the snow. It wasn't that. It was like I know I'm going to be I'm going to be at least warm and dry. And then what's what really struck me was the fact that I was like, "Holy cow, we're going to be out here for you know anywhere from two to ten days yeah. or whatever it Absolutely. is, two to eight days, and we're going to be hiking it." And um, the first couple of days were hard for me. I didn't get any. I didn't get altitude sickness or anything like that. Yeah, thank yeah. God. But John, I. yeah, John got it. He had a headache for like a day and a yeah, half. Yeah, he did. So that kind of sucked for him. But um, the tough part for me was, you know, my life was kind of shaky before this trip, and I didn't really prioritize physical fitness right. because, you know, I, you know, I had lost my nine to five job, and I was trying to find a nine to five, but. Um, I got one and then this job, this trip, like all of a sudden snuck up on it me and I was like, Oh up. God, it yeah. happened so fast, man. Yeah, it was crazy, but it happened so fast. It yeah. was, it was just, I mean, I'm sure you felt it. I mean, even going in, in shape, yeah. like I was still feeling the elevation climbing those hills. So yeah. you had to have been feeling it. Yeah. You know, it was just one of those things when Friday morning came around and since we really hadn't put any gra- time on the ground other than what Matt had done we decided to go out and do some scouting. Yeah. And when we scouted the area, we had a side-by-side, which, yeah. was, a, which was a huge help. Yeah. But that, that, without a doubt, the only thing that did was allow us to get higher. Mm-hmm. It didn't allow us to get lower. I mean, we were bordered right on, what was it, the Indian Reservation? Yeah, Indian I Reservation. I mean, what, what did we have, a half a mile from where our camp was to the border of the Indian Reservation? Yeah. And we were already at the snow line. Yep. So the the side by side, the only thing it allowed us to do was to get all the way up to the top of the mountain, eleven thousand feet, which from ten thousand feet or uh, ninety five hundred feet to, uh, but from <laughs> ninety five hundred feet to you know ten thousand five hundred feet, it was all snow. Yeah. So it really got us up there, but then we were sitting in three foot of snow. Yep. You know, and, and having early snow in that unit and it being such a mountainous area, what it did was it just pushed the deer down. So our, our first ideas of, oh, you know, we'll go, we'll get to the top of these peaks, you know, on these trails before Matt committed to go, we were going to hike, you yep. know, be on foot the whole time, spike camp it, do our thing, which would have been a great experience, but it would have been a, a real uh, gut check when you start getting up into two foot of snow and you're going, oh, God, what are we going to do? You yeah. know, and, and we're going to have to climb back down the mountain now because we weren't going to camp in two foot of snow, mm-hmm. you know. So once we kind of figured out the area, doing that scouting on, on Friday, we we uh, that evening got back to camp and we decided to go out and stay lower, sit, you know, get in that 85,000 foot range, you know, that Aspen, Quakey, sage range yeah. and i think that's when both groups me and matt split off from you and john yep and both of us got into deer instantly mm-hmm. like it was night and day difference from what we were seeing on the side by side compared to what we were seeing on foot at a lower elevation yeah you know that first day or that first night evening glass session me and matt actually ironically found the deer that was the first buck we saw was the deer that i was successful on yeah, that was it was we were we glassed saw a bunch of does decided to move to the next point. We we went out and we started hiking around the point, got to it, looked back, bam, there he was, four hundred yards, and and by then we'd already seen, I don't know, twenty does. Yeah, like I maybe I think we saw a couple spikes with the does, nothing legal, and then we looked back and bang, there he was. He was on a hot doe. I was just amazed that we found a legal buck so fast because 
everything I read about this unit was that it was some tough unit. So for me, once we got into the lower elevations, my anticipation for the hunt went back like sky high. Yeah. Like I was pumped. Yeah, pumped you know? for it. Pumped. Excited. Cause, yeah, because when we were running through the snow, yeah. I, I was not a... Morale was down. Yeah, morale <laughs> was down without a doubt, you know. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't too thrilled about it. It wasn't something that I was, you know, I hate to say it, but I, I wasn't looking forward to hunting in the snow. I just wasn't. Not that, not that I'm against hunting in the snow. What I'm against is hunting in the snow, not knowing where you're at, not having any knowledge of the land, and you're really just gutting it out, which we would have done. Yeah. Snow adds just like a completely uh, different obstacle. Like it changes everything. It, it, it makes every little thing that you do so much harder. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, it is beautiful. It's a beautiful oh, picture. It's beautiful. We got great pictures. Yeah, great pictures, but it's just, yeah. it sucks to be in. Yeah, absolutely, man. And then it's just another thing that, uh, shoot, it's another danger you have to watch out for. Oh, yeah. I mean, could you imagine, you know, if we'd been on foot and gotten wet? Yep, it would be miserable. You'd be miserable. Yeah. What are you going to do? You can start a fire and try to dry out, but you're still wet. Yeah, exactly. You know, you're still wet. And it, it was just, I don't know. I'm just glad it ended up working out the way it did, you know. That night, we both came back down. I think you and John probably got into the deer right away. Yeah, we were into a, probably a group of, I think it was a group of six does. We were hiking up this trail uh, towards Indian land, uh, and then it cuts back towards, uh, cuts back into uh in the public, but it, we, we're on, we're on deer as soon as we got out of that valley. It yeah. Was, yeah. It was the opposite valley or the opposite, um, ridgeline from where you, and, yeah. where you and Matt were at. It was as soon as we got out of that valley, uh, off of that trail it was boom, we were in the deer. Right. Nice, healthy does, which is what we're not used to seeing is like big does. Yeah. You just don't. Yeah. You know, California being the way it is, it's like, oh my gosh, dude, these things were monsters. Yeah. You know, we got that hybrid around here. Yeah. That it's a smaller deer, you know, but they, we also have the heat that they don't, you yeah. know, so obviously a big body deer down here isn't compared to a big body deer up there, you know, on these bucks that me and John both shot. I mean, you know, like inch and a half layer of fat almost. I mean, it, it wasn't, I'm exaggerating, but it was a lot of fat. Yeah, on chunky deer. Yeah. Chunky deer. You know, and the, the crazy thing about it was all these pot or uh, all these internet forms and research I did on this unit made it seem like it was going to be a tough hunt. It was going to be, you know, people stricken, like just everywhere. And when I'm sitting there on Friday, glassing. Yeah. Day before, night, day before, day opening. before opening day, I'm sitting there going, these people are smoking something. Yeah. We didn't see a person out there. We didn't see a single person on no. either ridge. Yeah. Not a single person. Right. I found that nice, uh, two by three I ended up shooting. Right, but we get up around the corner, we start glassing more. We saw a monster, and I got pictures of it, and we'll put them up. I saw a monster. We spotted a monster, and we watched him because we were like, "We're killing this buck tomorrow." Yeah, big old five by six, big old five by six, probably twenty eight inches wide, monster, big boy, yeah, big, you know, hundred and eighty five. Almost 190 inches. I mean, he's a monster. I was sitting there going, dude, this is all. I was telling my buddy Matt. You know, I'm telling Matt, it's a monster. And he was like, yeah. And, and by the way, Matt's a professional guide. He he shoots deer for a living. He puts people on on monsters for a living. Yeah. So Six months out of the year, yeah, that's what he does. You know, either up here or down in Mexico. That's mm-hmm. what he's doing. Deer and Elk Hunts Unlimited mm-hmm. out of uh, Idaho as well. 
Yeah. And uh, they shoot monster animals. And and when I got my good buddy Matt sitting there going, Brandon, we're, this is the biggest deer I've ever seen on public land. I'm going, dude, it's the biggest deer I've ever seen on public land. You know, like, I mean, it, it was a monster. So we're getting phone scope video of this and uh, just bedding. And we were, we were watching them and we're like, when he beds, we're going to stay on him. So we ended up bedding this deer down and it was, I don't know, 6.30. I don't think it got dark out there until like 7 or no, right around was, there. Yeah, depending on where you're at. If you're on top of the ridge line, it was like probably 7. But if you, when you're in the valley, it got dark at like 6. These walls were steep. They were steep. And, yeah. and we watched this deer. We watched him until dark. Like, so we could not see him. And then we backed out. We bedded him up. And, and I was telling Matt, there's, there's nobody out here. If anyone knows about this deer, they're watching that deer right now. No, but, and it was just, I was being naive. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah. It, 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 because we didn't see anybody, you know? And then. <laughs> it hit like a sack of bricks, dude. Yeah, it hit us like a sack of bricks, man. We woke up to people up and down that road, left and right. And we we started walking up that trail because we came back to camp that night and told you guys, man, there's deer everywhere up here and there's big yep. bucks. Let's go get them, you know? We were thinking, we're going to tag out on Monday early season, yeah, you know? It was, was going to be an easy one. Get it. it, it we start hiking that trail. We hear clippity clop, clippity clop. Yeah, and at and this point, sank. at this point, I had a bunch of camera gear in my pack. Yeah. I'm I'm a tiny dude, and I was, I was on this trip just to film. Yeah, that's it. Just to film, and uh, I'm like struggling up this hill, and then I hear this clip clop, and dude, I was like, what the heck, man? Why Mark are there sank? Why are there horses coming yeah. up here? Yeah. Sure. And, I, and dude, you know what, Patrick? That's what the internet forums are saying. The guys that hunt that, watch out for the horses. There's going to be guys on horses and side-by-sides everywhere. You know, everywhere. And the day before, it was it was like it was false. We didn't see one person. But it, And then I thought to myself, like, there's no way, there's no way this little town. Yep, little tiny town. Is going to have that many locals, right, that we saw and spoke to on Saturday morning. Yeah. I mean, every single person who lived out there was probably on the, top of that mountain. Yeah, us. they had to have been. And since the unfortunate thing was, because if we would have went there with no snow, maybe the crowds would have been spread out. But since it was snow everywhere, it uh, it kept the people out of the snow so that we were on top of each other. There was probably 30 horses on that ridge. Yep. 30, there yeah, were about 30, yeah. four or five long horse trailers down at the trailhead. Yeah, it was it, madness. It was horrible. It was, a, it was a gunfight. I don't know how many shots. I would say probably 30 shots went off that day. Yeah, first light. Even yeah. at first light, dude, it was like World War III. And yeah. There. It was and crazy. So we heard the horses. My heart sank. I think everybody in our group's heart sank. But we tried to make the best of it. Climbed the hill, got up there, put glass on everything. And uh, sure enough, we watched that. Big little five-by-six. Get drug out of there, yeah. Just by some some local, yep. orange shirt on. Just, <laughs> here we are. We're going. Gosh dang, how that happened? You know, yeah. you're glassing. There's there. It's a pumpkin army out there. Yep. They were they were on every ridge. They yep. were separated by a couple hundred yards apiece. Yep. You know, person on every ridge. Yeah. And every we watched big bucks get drug out of there. It was just chance, dude. I don't. I I honestly don't know. I don't know what it was. I don't know if they're more skilled than than, than we were. They were I mean, just lucky. They just I they think, hunted it for years. Well, the people that we were running into, they were party groups. Yeah, they had. It wasn't like it was oh, a father and son. Yeah, it was like the son that had a son that his dad was there and his buddies and his buddies friend and they were all on horses running the canyons. Yeah, they were. They were. It, to me, I felt like they were pushing. Yeah. But you know, if they if they know how to hunt. 
those canyons and they know how to hunt the unit. Okay, hey, they have more power to them. And, and, you know, at first I was getting discouraged when, when all that went on because I'm sitting there going, this is horrible. You know, like, what's going on? But at the same time, if you live there and you know how to hunt it and that's how they hunt it, you know. You deserve a big buck. Yeah, and they shot. We we know of three big bucks that came out of there. Yeah. That tall five by five, that tall four by four, yeah. and that six by that six by five that came out of there. Yeah. You know, and uh, you know we it is what it is. We just figured out, oh, chopped it up to hunting and and moved on. You yeah. know, reconvened at camp and ate a good dinner. Nice fires. We had nice yeah. fires there. Yeah. You know? did. Oh, so let me tell you. Let me tell you my side of that first day. So. Uh, I was just we I, we'll we'll start we'll we'll go back to the clippy clop clippy clops happening and I'm just like oh god you know we're I I thought I was I was definitely slowing the group down I felt bad about it the entire trip I was like shoot dude slowing everybody down you know what I mean and then freaking we get up there me and JP me and John ended up sticking together for the majority of majority of the hunt yeah you know what I mean pretty much you know every day ninety percent of the time yeah. I was with John. Um, and then, so we get up there, and first light happens. We're, we're glassing right along this road, and we hear all these gunshots, and we're like, dude, one of those has to be Brandon. We're waiting for, we're waiting for, uh, for a text message or a phone call, and it's just like, dude, nothing, nothing, nothing. And then um, we just keep hearing it happen. We keep seeing pumpkins on every hill, and then uh, John and I decide to move a little bit, and then we bump a big elk, a big cow elk, dude, and it was, that was my first time ever seeing, it was my first time on a lot of these trips, on a lot of first times on this trip, it was my first time, like, really being in snow, first time being, camping at that elevation, oh, actually, no, I've camped, I've camped higher than that, I've camped at, I think, 11, 11, oh, yeah. 11,000 feet, yeah. um, but anyways, my first time seeing a cow elk, and let alone, like, seeing that cow elk just run, just Oh shoot! Just bust out of there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Isn't it crazy? Yeah, and uh, it just went downhill from there. It was like that one just, just saw that big brown animal just leaving across the ridge line, and then uh, me and John ended up hunkering down, and we just watched person after person go down the trail, horses clip clopping, and then um, people trespassing on you know. Indian land yeah. to get to where yeah. we had had to hike in. So yeah. we saw a couple trucks out there, and it's like, dude, what in the heck? Discouraging. Yeah, super discouraging first day. Yeah. But it listen, it all it it's all part of hunting though. Yeah. It's all part of hunting, you know. It, unless you get so far back that people just generally don't want to go there, mm-hmm. you're always going to run into people. And us be, having us being in that unit, we didn't know. We don't know, you know, you know you got to get off the roads, and we thought we were getting off the roads. We're a good mile in, but, you know, horses, yeah, they a just mile is nothing Yeah, horse. nothing on a horse. It's nothing, you know, and I'm not opposed to going four or five miles in, which me and Matt on the second day ended up doing on that Sunday. Yeah. We went up and around the whole ridge and ended up being close to five miles, and even on the last draw that we were crossing to go glass, there was horses. Yep. Like, they were everywhere. Yeah, the horse... I, I've I've never actually like been on I've been on a horse but I've never actually like camped on a horse or hunted right. off a horse so it's like after seeing the mobility that these things have oh, yeah. it just opens up so many avenues oh, yeah. and uh, it's just crazy without a doubt you know when I was younger 
and my dad had horses, you know, I, my parents are split up, but riding horses back then, we would go on like half day trail rides yeah. and just ride all day. All day, my Freaking dad. Far, dude. Me, my dad would throw some beer in his saddlebags and some water bottles for me and my brother, and we would go. I don't know how far we would go, but we would trail ride all day from his house, yeah. you know, in Valley Center. We would just leave his house and end up on the other side of Valley Center and back. You know, it, it was just what we did when we were kids. We were with our dad. Yeah. But it was just, you know, horses are are, are remarkable. Yeah. I would I I would do it. You do it. If I had access, I would do it. You do it. Yeah, I'd ride a horse. John would give you so much crap if oh, you heard, he, he would say, "You're I, one of those horse people, Brandon." Yeah, I, I'd, I'd get a horse and go for it, yeah, man. Yeah, I, mean, I, what, I would what, too. I would too. You, I, hands down, I'd, without a doubt. Yeah. I mean, that's the best way to get around. And not to mention, man, you you walk right past elk. Yeah. They don't even care. Yeah, you just you just look like another four legged animal. You're just like, oh, they don't even know that you're a human. Yeah, it's just like it was oh, just nuts. Like, you know, that second day was we saw more and more people. I mean, Saturday yeah. and Sunday was a pumpkin army. Yeah. That's it's, what it was. It was ev- they were everywhere. They were everywhere. So, I mean, we had just more glassing, more glassing, finding bucks deep down on the res. You know, I mean, the, the hunters are pushing them into the reservation. It is yeah. what it is. But there was more of that. Third day, I ran into the buck. I ran into him 450 yeah. yards. Yeah, it's on video. It is on video. We'll probably post it. Yeah. We will. And it's actually it's it's part of it's posted, not the entire thing. Yeah, we gotta post the entire thing. Yeah. And and you know, four hundred and fifty yards, and I'm gonna tell you right now, guys, for you and inexperienced hunters, I would like to say I'm an experienced hunter. I've been hunting for a while. I've uh, I've had quite a few kills, um, but I don't I don't consider myself a good hunter specifically because of the the amount of kills that I have. I I. I do not enjoy killing. I enjoy the meat, and I like providing. But I'm an experienced hunter based on the amount of years that I went without being successful. Yeah. That's what makes me the experienced hunter. I tell John all the time, I say, you know, it's not how successful I am. It's how successful I am at being unsuccessful. Ooh, that's a good one. That's That's a good one. And I'm telling you. That's what it is. Hey, dog. Yeah, hey, dog. Yeah, that's my dog. She's walking around making noise. But so I lined him up at 450 yards. Sit. I lined him up at 450 yards, and, and that's a chip shot at the range for me, guys. I, I shoot all the time, uh, long range, no big deal. You know, I'm not a big long range hunting fan, but I believe if you shoot all the time and everything's right, uh, uh, 500 yards is a chip shot. Chip shot, man. You know, uh, 500 yards, I feel, with the proper gun, the proper amount of experience, and the perfect condition, which is not unheard of out, outdoors. Like, I mean, you can, you can have no wind. It happens all the time. Yep. You know, crosswinds are a little sketchy at 500 yards. You have no wind or wind in your face. And you and you shoot all the time at the range. You know what your gun's going to do at five hundred. Go ahead and do it. Yeah, it's a cakewalk. It's a cakewalk. You know, I, I think a five hundred yard shot, like I said, with the right equipment, is an ethical shot if you practice. Now you get your gun out a big five, run out to the range, zero it in at a hundred, and think you're going to smoke something at six hundred yards. Now, now, highly unlikely. Yeah, highly unlikely. And now you're just asking for it. Yep. So. 
I guess what I'm getting at is buck fever, guys. That is, without a doubt, a real deal. You can't train for that. You cannot. You cannot it, train it, for it. And it happens to the best of us. doesn't it matter does. how successful you are. Yep. So, you know, you can, it gets easier. I will say that. It gets easier. But it's not necessarily your buck fever goes away. What it is is your buck fever, you learn to control it. Yeah, you understand how to manage you want, it. Yes, you understand yes. what's going to happen. Right. So and, uh, it, it, it's just one of those things. So this is the thing. 450. We're on a hill. It's like a three-to-one slope, two-to-one to slope. The guys that are listening that are in construction or, or understand uh, slope work grading, whatever. It, it, it's every two foot up is one foot back, yep. right? So get a ruler and, and, and mess with it, right? Yep. So, I mean, it's a super steep slope. That's what we were on. So 450 yards. I'm like, Matt, let's do it. This is it. We're three days in. From three or four days in, whatever it was. I think it was three days in. Yeah. Matt, let's do it. You range it, bam, 450. All right, take your time, you know. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm getting packs. I cannot get stable. This buck is bedded up, right? He's bedded up 450. No big deal, no rush. So I'm sitting there moving around. I just could not get stable, Patrick. Yeah. And, and my first shot wasn't so much buck fever. What yep. it was was I was unstable. And unstable is is the problem if yeah. it was a stable rest or or a good stable pack leaning into some sagebrush all day long i just couldn't and i rushed the shot bam shot right below him. yep you know and we have footage of this and there's we, footage yeah we'll show you we'll roll it after the story yeah it it went low it hit low yep you know by like a mile yes by like a mile then buck fever Fires up. Yeah. That buck, he, he got up out <laughs> he of his got bed. Up. He, he got up. He got out of his bed and was like, what was that? You know? So then I'm sitting there and I still can't get stable, can't get stable. And not necessarily rush the shot, but buck fever's kicked in. My pulse is probably 150 beats a minute. Yeah. And my reticle is, is doing loop-de-loop. I'm trying to hold my breath, trying to exhale, trying to tell myself, Brandon, just relax, you know, take this shot, you know. Squeeze one off, boom, right in front of him. I watch it go in. Like, I watch it in my scope just fly. Whoop. I probably missed him by... A foot, maybe? Maybe. It's uh, And it was perfect. Uh, you know, horizontally, it was perfect. Yep. Well, yeah, horizontally, it was perfect. It was just no, foot to the left. It vertically, it was perfect. Yeah, vertically, it was perfect. Horizontally, it was off by, by a yeah, foot. Literally grazes. Almost, yeah. Yeah, almost grazed him in the yeah. shoulder. I mean, that's just how close it was. Then I took some more time. The third shot, I just... Took some more time, deep breaths, deep breaths, and squeeze one off. And I swear to God on the footage, you can see it. I feel like I split his front, yeah. his front left, and his front right. And I feel like I went right under his brisket. I think he did too. I think that's what happened. I mean, it was right there. I feel like four inches high, it would have been a perfect heart shot. I mean, he'd have been done right there. Done. You know? Sorry, John, I'm going home, <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. But uh, we missed him. He got up and he took, or he was up, and then he just didn't take off. He just mows it off. Yeah, he had he no walked, idea what he it was. He walked away. Yeah. Meanwhile, I mean, and then meanwhile, I'm sitting here going, oh, my God. Like, I just watched six big bucks get pulled out on opening day, between opening and the second day, mm-hmm. and here was an opportunity at a solid forky. Yeah, big or, forky. Or, you know, big forky with a can opener. I consider him a two-by-three. I mean, yeah. legally, he's a two-by-three. So... And I'm going, man, I just blew that. 
big body deer. I'm going, that guy eat great. Yeah. You know? (laughs) And I was just bummed, man. Just bummed. So that night didn't happen for me. Yeah. You know, we went back to camp and me and John, you and not telling you guys what's yeah, up. Yeah, we know, saw the video. And, yeah, uh, Matt's laughing, you know. Good time, you know, good camaraderie, yeah, it's, everyone it's, joking. It's good after, but in the moment, dude, you feel like, dude, I can imagine you, you, you Man, probably, I'm, your heart was probably like, oh, God, it was dude, probably beating out of your chest. Yeah, it was. You, when you saw that guy walk away, absolutely. Probably like, it probably just sunk. Absolutely. And then, to think, I trained all this time, Yep. right? I, I shot at the range how many times, you know, we prepared for this trip. It was going to go down the exact way that you would think it would go down. Mm-hmm. You know, difficult shot, you know, but you train for it. It's, it's there. You know you can make it. But then it gets away. Yeah. You know, and then you're like, ah, oh, your heart sinks. You, you, you know, you, you're kind of bummed nonetheless, you know. But you're like, oh, it's a great time out here, though. So you, yeah. you pick it up. You're like, oh, tomorrow we'll get after it. Well, tomorrow came nothing. And then uh, that was a Tuesday. And then Wednesday, well, Tuesday, we, me and... John had decided that, hey, it's time. You yeah. know, it's go time. It's Tuesday. We both had the week off work, but we wanted to uh, get our meat processed properly. You know, we didn't want to rush it. So we're like, anything with horns is going to get the pill. Yep, you anything. Any, any legal buck. Any legal buck, get the pill. Yep. So on Tuesday, uh, started out, and I just glassed and glassed all day. We didn't see any shooters. Yep. Till the end of the night, small little forky. Uh Buck fever. Yeah, buck fever. Missed him. 130 yards downhill, missed him four times. Four times, Steve. Four times. And I kept asking Matt, where am I hitting? So close, you can't tell. Yeah. Couldn't tell. You shot a silhouette of him. <laughs> Shooting a shadow, I guess. Yeah. I don't know, man. But we looked, man. At one point, we thought he hit him. We hit him, and we went down looking, man. We looked for blood for an hour till dark, and yeah. there was nothing there. Yeah. I mean, it, it was. And then I actually went was walking up the hill, and I was real discouraged at that point. I'm going, my gun's off, something's wrong. Talked to my wife, told my wife, literally told her, I said, look, I can't do this. I can't be shooting at animals like that. I'm going to hurt one, wound yeah. it, gut shoot it. And that would be the worst And that's the worst thing. Worst thing to do. I, that's the last thing I want to do. Yep. You know, I just shot three times at 450, missed that buck, clear as day. Yep. Right? I just shot four times. At this small forky at 130, missed it clear as day. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I was so discouraged. I literally called my wife on the way up. And I was talking to Matt. Matt told me, he goes, no, Brandon, it wasn't meant to be. Don't worry about it. We'll get on another buck tomorrow. Yeah. You know, Matt's all calm. He's not all high. Yeah, he's, he's like a, a real, <laughs> real mellow dude, you yeah, know. Yeah, he is. He's like, don't think too much into it. It happens, you know. And I'm sitting there, gosh, dang it, man. Yeah. It happens. It happens. What happened with you guys on Tuesday? Yeah, on Tuesday we had we faced some adversity, man. Yeah, it was a it was a tough situation. I don't want to, I don't really don't want to talk about it until John's here. If John's going to be a guest, he probably will. Ah, uh, yeah, we probably we'll get him on here. But I'll I'll tell you my side of it. So I'm walking around with another heavy pack. I got a bunch of stuff in there. Me and John decided to go up to that the other side of the uh, the ridge the other ridge line that I was telling you about, and. Uh, we're in there probably about 20 minutes on that hike, and we see a shooter buck, a little forky, and at this point, John is just deciding whether or not he wants to he wants to take it or not. And then I'm, we had seen a, a shooter forky, uh, you know, the day before, and then we kind of missed out on that opportunity because, you know, hey, we just kind of hesitated, and he was kind of on the fence about it. And then I said, hey, dude, take it if you want to. But he didn't want to take it. He wanted to wait out for something different. And then we kind of talked about it that night, and 
I said, dude, I should have just told you to shoot at him because it was a good shot. We It was perfect broadside. Right. You know, 200-something yards away. And You'd have had it on film, too. Yeah, we would have had it on film. It was perfect. It would it would have been the, per- the perfect shot. Right. Um, but we decided not – he decided not to take the shot. And then the next day uh, we're hiking up to that trail and then about 20 minutes in, really early on in the trail – we see a shooter forky, and I'm like, dude, take it. And I'm ranging for him. I'm telling him, I'm telling him. He takes a shot. Boom, dude. Just smacks against Aspen's behind him. And I'm like, dude, you're way high. You're way high. So he's like, he, he racks another one in. This, this shooter, uh, this, this uh, deer just stays right there. Perfect. Broadside. Just fat, dumb, and happy. He, John shoots again. Boom. Same spot. I'm like, dude, you're way high still. Probably like three feet. And he's like, I think, I think my, I think my gun's messed up. And then, uh, he shoots again, third time, and it's still high. We hear, like, this aspen, it sounds like a two-by-four splitting, because that's probably what it was, it was a branch yeah. literally exploding. And, um, nothing, dude. We don't see this deer drop, and I think he took, he takes another shot at it. I'm like, dude, you're still high. So he shoots again. And nothing. And at this point, he has to dig into his bag to get more ammo. <laughs> he, he, we stop. This this deer's still broadside, and it's it's ridiculous. We see this herd of deer, you know, probably 10, 10 or 12 does, and, you know, this forky, and uh, I think there's another spike in there. Um, but he just, I was like, oh, my God, what is going on? He's like, I think my turret got bumped. I think my gun's messed up. And I'm like, what do we do? And he's like, I don't know. Um, so we end up trying to, uh, keep moving up the trail and figure out where this, this buck's going. And, uh, we get another two shots, I think. And I'm still telling John, I'm like, John, you're way high. John, you're way high. And, uh, he just, he just busts out of there. Like he, John takes one more shot and then the, the, that buck just runs down the hill and he's like, I think I got it. And I'm like, dude, it looked high to me. Right. So, right. So, um, John goes out there. I stick in that same spot so I can tell him where he's, where he's going, where that, where that, where he thinks he shot that deer. He doesn't see any blood, nothing. So we get kind of discouraged. And, uh, I think we called you at that point. Yeah. Yeah. We called you mm-hmm. and said, Hey, the, the gun's messed up. What yeah. do we do? And, uh, at, at when, when that right before that call, I was like, "Hey, John, I know Matt has two guns yeah. in his in his truck. Let's go down there and grab one. Grab one, yeah, because it's probably in mint condition. I mean, the guy does it for a living. It's yeah, like, yeah. Man, he's gonna, yeah, man, they're gonna be on. They're on. But John's like, no, I want to do it with my gun. So, um, what'd you tell him? I told him the same thing. I mean, I I told John, dude, run down, to, <laughs> run down to Matt's truck, you know, and grab that gun, yeah, you know, grab one of his guns and and. Get after it, because when he was telling me, oh, my turret spun, my turret spun, I'm going, oh, gosh, man. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a nightmare to have here. Yeah. You know? And, you know, he just said, I'm going to sight it in. Yeah. So that's so, exactly what we ended up doing. Yeah, we re- we recited the gun at 9,000 feet. Yeah. Know? We got on top of that trail, and I, as, an, as a new hunter, I'm a new hunter. I don't know if it was, like, you know, the ethically, or not ethically, but the... Uh, you know, etiquette wise, whatever right. is well, a good, well, you know, good or bad thing to do. Listen, right man, people people riding their side by sides all over, ride right past you <laughs> yeah. in public land, man. Uh, yeah. Sighting your gun in on the spot, it's public land. It happens. That happens. You know, yeah. that happens. Yeah. So we ended up getting some video of 
uh, John resighting his gun in, but by the time he had spun his turret down two times, I believe that was the number, mm-hmm. he was still about a foot high. Oh, man. So it was insane, but uh, he thinks that his turret got bumped. Some, yeah, moved. Yeah, sometime during uh, our transit. Yeah, transit or a death march. Yeah. Uh, but it was one of those things where, hey, we ended up reciting that gun in at 9,000 feet, which is something that I've never heard of being done before in terms of, you know, all of our hunting yeah, crowd. Yeah, well, we're but, not going to do it down here. Yeah, de- yeah definitely know, not. 9,000 foot isn't going to happen here, yeah. you know, so it is what it is. But, yeah, it ended up being successful for John. Yeah, he ended up, uh, we ended up kind of cruising around that uh, that ridge line, taking a nap, and then we just ended up getting blessed with a nice fork Forked, yeah. uh, forked buck there. Yeah. And uh, John, we ended up seeing the, that buck at about 380 yards. And I was like, John, we can sneak up to him if we need to. We can take the road or, you know, we can take him here. Like, right. how much do you trust your gun? And I asked, I asked him in the video, like, do you trust your gun? Right. And he, he said, no, let's keep moving. <laughs> He's like, no, yeah, get so, on, man. So we, we ended up putting a little, a little stock on him down to, I think it was 210 yards, something right. like that. And then... We ended up just taking him. Good. Taking him. Yeah, I can't wait to have him on, man, when I'm tell the story. Yeah, we'll have him. You know, he'll have some more enthusiasm with it. Yeah. And, and tell you exactly in the emotions he was going through, you know. I mean, that all that stuff, it, that all plays a factor. It does. It, it'll wear you down. Hunt, that's what makes hunting so great. Yep. The highs and the lows, man. Yeah. And the camaraderie that you have. Like, you experienced that with him. Yeah, I live, you know, it's a shared you, thing. You were with him. Yeah. And it, it was cool, man. So I'm glad that was, that was caught, on, caught on film and, and there's some adversities there you guys overcome you know and then you guys come back and you got a deer and and i don't have anything i you know i didn't even i didn't well i missed that buck that small fork because mm-hmm. by then by the time i shot at my fork i had already known john had killed his you know yeah and, and, and I, that's a right, kick in the nuts and that right was there. a kick in the nuts for me that's why i was like walking up going god i can't do this you know john just lent, you know it's it's it wasn't a race to see who tagged out, but you don't want to be the last guy tagged yeah, out. Yeah, you don't want... You, you know, you just don't. But you also... I mean, it is what it is. We had days we were there. Okay. We knew we were going to be there. And I, I just... My main thing was making sure my meat was taken care of properly. Yeah. When you start cutting down, then you're, then you're cording your animal out, you're keeping it in a cooler, and we're driving 12 hours home. Yep. You know, and I was a little concerned about that, too. You know, I'd done it before. I, I, I haven't had any meat loss, but I just, I just don't want to do that. I would rather have... Killed a deer on Monday or Tuesday, had yep. it in the butcher up there, yep. you know, and had a package on the way home frozen, you yep. know, on Friday. Or Ideal. But ideally, that's what I wanted yeah. to do. It didn't work out that way. So Wednesday, I decided we're getting up a little late. Yep. That's what it, it was. Like, we were yeah. getting up a little late, you know. I was like, I'm done waking up at 4.30 in the morning, man. Yep. I said, you know, I'm discouraged. I'm going to get up a little late. We're going to walk up, and we're uh, – Going to go glass those canyons. And you know what was funny? I was telling Matt the whole time, I bet you Tuesday and Wednesday will be the best days of this hunt. It's only an eight-day season or a seven-day. It was like the 20th to the 28th, right? Yeah. And uh, sure enough, I Tuesday was the day, was the day before the full moon, and that was the busiest day deer-wise that we saw. We saw more deer then than we had the entire trip. Okay. was on that Tuesday that I missed that little forky. But it, it wasn't that we were seeing big bucks. We were just seeing a lot of does and a lot of deer. We were seeing big bucks on Indian Reservation. By, by no means I, do I want the listeners to think that we weren't finding big deer every day. 
Yeah. We were. We were just finding them on Indian Reservation. And we just weren't going after them. I mean, that's yeah, it. No. You just don't do that. Ethically, yeah, you, don't you don't do that. And legally, you don't do that. You yeah. know, like, how am I going to hang my hat on a big old rack on my wall if I knew I poached it? Yeah. I'm not. I, I mean, no, dude. I want to no. be able to talk about it on this. And you do something like that. Well, yeah. You know, I mean, if you can you do have, that, you, you can do you that. You don't have a stand. You don't have a foot to stand on. At yeah. That point. You know, I don't want to do that. So, anyways. Wednesday got up late, went up glassing. John was actually looking to kill a cow because yep. he had already tagged out, and he went up on the corner and saw some, but they had, they had pinned him down right away. Mm-hmm. Wind wasn't right, and he stuck out like a sore thumb up against that aspen, yep. and uh, they actually blew out, you know. Anyways, uh, you guys went back down about midday. Yep. Me Tra- and Matt continued to hunt. Yeah, we wanted to get that meat processed. Yeah. So that's why you guys had it hanging. Yeah. And quarters, and said, we're going into town to get this thing uh, quartered up or, 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 sorry, butchered up. And next thing you know, bone saw's done. Yep. They, you know? we, we get down to the local butcher, and uh, all of a sudden, he says, hey, my, my saw's down. And yeah. it's like, well, what the heck are we going to do? What the heck are you doing? <laughs> yeah. You know? So me and Matt continue to hunt, and and we're uh, glassing, 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 and, and um, we... Knew where the buck was hanging out, and we decided to go over that direction. And sure enough, we, we glassed up a bunch of does, bedded up, and we were taking our time, and I was picking them apart. And next thing I know, I saw a tine. And I was like, Matt, there he is. And we're like a 200 out. Yeah. And I'm like, we can get in. Wind was in our face. Wind was blowing. We can get in. And I was like, I don't want to miss this. We ended up creeping into 80 yards. He's bedded up. Um, I line up. I'm wobbling. Heart's pumping. A little bit of that buck fever. A little man. bit, because I didn't want to miss. I knew he was good again. It was him. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, oof, it's going to be a third encounter with this deer. You know, the one I missed. And the day before opener, I'd, you know, I was like, and he's a nice fork. Yeah, a real nice fork with that can opener. Yeah. So uh, I'm wobbling. like, man, I don't got a shot. And I'm in 80 yards. And Matt's like, lean up into that tree. <laughs> and, and I just, man, am I, I'm telling you, my, my reticle was wobbling. I lean into that tree. Sure enough, it just stables down. Take a deep breath. Just When I pulled the trigger, they had already stood up. We were right there at 80. They, you know, they heard whatever, and they got up, and I just, he was kind of quartering to me at 80 yards. He's facing us, had, had us pinned, and put it on his shoulder and squeezed off and it went in perfect man it, it went in a little high and at the angle that that deer was it uh it actually went out like right next to his nutsack yeah that's a crazy it, it, shot it just blew, <laughs> blew his lungs out straight through his intestine and so we ended up doing gutless mess did pulled those pulled those quarters off him all the meat was perfect then lose the shoulder. Lucky, then it was just freaking per- lucky. It just was perfect, man. So I, I couldn't have been happier. Yeah. You know, quick death. We actually gave him a lot of time because we seen him hop off. Like he was like, oh, that hurt. You know, he just kind of, uh, 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 yeah. you know, and he didn't bound off. He just kind of did a couple hops and he disappeared. And I'm like, Matt, you know, and then I started, doubt started coming in. And Matt's like, no, you hit him. And I'm like, I thought I saw blood coming out the back of him. And he's like, you hit him. I know you hit him. And I watched it. I, he goes, I don't know how good he's hit, but I know you hit him. Started doubting it, and we gave him, we gave him an hour. I shot him at one thirty, and at two thirty we got up, and he went 
15 yards, and he was piled up. And I was, yeah. it was just such a, re- like, I just rejoiced. I was just like, oh, my God, man. It's such a beautiful deer. Like, paid my respects to the deer. Like, he was he was four and a half years old, yeah. every bit. I mean, beautiful animal. Beautiful dark horn forky with a big old can opener on him. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just a, a amazing moment for me. Yeah, it's. Like, you you see on these, like, these TV shows and whether you're watching the Outdoor Network or you're on YouTube watching different hunters or you're watching National Geographic, nothing compares to you being next to that animal and uh, and really seeing it in, in nature. Yeah, man. Rolling up on that deer was just amazing. Yeah. All that time and effort. Yeah, and it's just one of those things where you it's your time to thank the animal for everything it's given yeah, up. Yeah. yeah, you know. Some of that legislation that just passed in our, our uh, election on Tuesday, too, man, that, you know, it, it makes you think differently, you know, about uh, how these farm animals are raised. Yeah, it's you know, true. You know, anti-hunters will say, oh, well, it's not right to go out and kill innocent animals that are just leaving their li- living their lives out there, you know, and then you go, oh, really? But you eat meat, you yeah. know? Like, you're going to eat that pork that was raised in a two-by-two pen yeah, for yeah. nine months out of his life, you know, where this deer, this buck, lived four and a half years of his life in the wilderness. Yeah, that's yeah, a struggle, but he's free. Mm-hmm. A you know? full and happy life. Yeah. And, you he know. passed his genes every year, or well, at least the last two, I mean... He was a dominant, he was a fighter. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's a big, dark horned, big based forky. And for sure, I mean, he was with a hot doe the whole time. From the first time I saw him to when I killed him, he was with a hot doe. So he was breeding, you know, he was a a mature buck. And this thing lived a good life, you know. And it was just, to me, it's so surreal when you take a, a life of an animal. Yeah. It is. And it, and it's just, it's almost emotional for me to do it, but it, it it's like you're so caught up in everything. I just have a flood of emotions when you're happy, you're sad that you just killed an animal, but you're also stoked that you were successful, you know, and it's, once you got it down, you're like, okay, well now it's time to respect this animal. But you also know you got a bunch of work to do. Yeah. The so work. it's the work, you, you know, then you get to work and, and you start to field dress this animal or quarter him up or however you decide to do it, you know? Yeah. And it just, it was a great hunt. Super, I learned a lot. You know, every hunt's different. Every, I mean, I've been hunting a long time and I've learned something every time I go out. And that's kind of cliche-ish to say, like, oh, I learned something every time you go out. But just learning how to play the wind better, you learn, you learn more and more every time you go out. Yeah. You know? You know how to play the wind. You know how to walk quietly, but you get better at it every time. Mm-hmm. You know. And going back to what you said about work, you know, you said work for the trip started at you in January, January yeah. of that year. A lot of people think the work ends when you you pull the trigger on that animal. No, man, no. that's 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 not even half the battle yeah. yet. You yeah. you still have to do the work to mm-hmm. you know make sure that animal's processed and you know make sure that you get that meat to where it needs to be, which is your kitchen because that's the entire reason why we Absolutely. hunt. Absolutely, and and you know, speaking on the work that it takes when 
when you're three miles in, you know, and we're not talking about San Diego deer where a hoofed weight, you know, on the hoof is 120 pounds. You mm-hmm. know, I the, those four quarters, just the quarters, no back strap, no head, no, no tender meat. no neck meat, no no brisket meat. What it weigh? Almost 90 pounds hanging. Mm-hmm. Almost 90 pounds between me and that. So then I take a front, a rear. Matt takes a front and a rear and a back strap. I take two tenderloins, front, rear, back strap, and the head. And, and we're talking 80 pounds. You, you know, that head's 20 pounds. You know, those tenderloins are 9 pounds a piece, 8 pounds a piece. Or, I mean, I mean the back straps are 8 pounds a piece. I mean, dude, it's, it's a lot of weight. And you're, you're, you're 3 miles back in backcountry stuff. You're not on some city street, mm-hmm. you know, where it's flat. Yeah. It's tough, man, to get it down into camp and hang it up, do do everything. But when you get back into camp, man, and, and you have some of that tenderloin in camp on the campfire. Yeah. It's true success. Yeah, that's success. Yeah. That's success. And it's sharing it with the guys who helped you earn it. Exactly. And, and that's exactly it. We don't. We We don't hunt to, you know, just get a handout when it comes to getting meat. It's... You know, we earn every second yeah. of it. We, we work to mm-hmm. get it out there. We work to get it to the kitchen. Absolutely. And we want to make sure that we're working next to the right people. Right. You know, and hunting is, it's mostly, well, for us, it's about the food, but it's, it's split up between camaraderie, yeah. the experience, and, you know, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, having, having that meal. Absolutely. And being able to share it with the people who, Absolutely. who will value it as much as you will. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And with that, I mean, I guess it's, it's got as good a spot as any to end it up. Yeah, absolutely, so. man. Absolutely. So once again, this is kind of like the uh, the episode zero of uh, our podcast. We don't have a name yet, but if you guys like it, make sure you let us know. If you think we can improve on anything, also make sure you let us know because any... Uh, any comments would be greatly appreciated, but we would love to hear your kind of viewpoints on hunting out of state, what it's like to get that buck fever going, yeah. and what success means to you. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and do you want to? Do you want to say anything, B? I, I, you know what? I feel like we kind of just uh, summed it up right there, man. Yeah. I think it's a perfect time to end. Uh, I hope you guys subscribe. Give us uh, any feedback you got, and. Uh, Look forward to doing it again. Yeah. Soon. That's it. Yeah. All right, brother. All right.